systems are offline. Like, hey man, I caught your show last week, man. You was dope, bro. Let me drop some knowledge on you, partner. No. I don't trust that you studied. I, 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 I like some of you with Brett Riley. We're, we're honesty is the best policy on Dash Topic. Welcome to I Like Some of You with Brett Riley. I'm Brett Riley. The show is called I Like Some of You. I know it's it, it is what it is. That's the name of the show. I like some of you, and the reason I came up with that is because hey, we're all struggling mightily. We're all a little wounded. We're all a little bit diminished right now whether we want to admit it or not in our because we we just aren't at full strength right now and i'm trying this i i decided to do this show because and i name it what it is because i want to bring that honesty back we can't like everybody you can't i so i named the show i like some of you to remind myself that i actually have met a lot of really cool really inspiring really funny talented genuine people and that's why i started this show at first i was just talking to myself and talking about all the stuff i don't like but now i'm going to start inviting on some of the most talented funny people <clears throat> that i've had the good fortune to meet being a farm boy from kansas that is now living my dream out in hollywood so my guest today is an extremely talented, extremely funny guy. You need to check out his special that's streaming everywhere. Adorable. He's extremely funny. Give it up for Orlando Leba. What's up, Orlando? How you doing, man? I'm nice, nice. I'm gonna give myself some air horns. Let me see. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find that? I don't even Oh, dude, um, I just, I have everything hooked up at the house, man. That's all that I have. I have so nice. many toys. Yeah, yeah. That Amazon went really, uh, I, those first months of the pandemic back in March. Oh, boy, did I, did I do some damage? My wife and I did some damage on Amazon. Like oh, you so said. you are just constantly finding things that uh no not anymore i stopped that i stopped that because okay yeah the minute that we hit a month in lockdown Uh uh-huh and then i was just like oh okay uh i'm not gonna uh be able to make some cash in a while so let me pause on everything and then everything just got paused and i just the savings account is there i've been blessed man i've been been blessed because there's a lot of people that don't have it like me yeah right now and uh i try to help some of them i make sure i go out to the food bank and drop off some canned foods and food and whatnot um but um you know i've 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 been i guess what I've been that person who's had to uh, watch where every penny goes yeah. since I was a child, just watching <clears throat> my mom. So um, I was being, I, I, some people might say, oh, man, you're being cheap. And I just said, no, I'm just being uh, smart. Yeah. And I think, would you think, I mean, my assessment of of the comedy world is I would say that most comics know how to stretch a buck. Would you, I mean, in your estimation, would you say, I mean, there's trust fund babies. No, don't get me wrong. There's tons of trust fund babies in the comedy world. But I, I would say, especially road dogs, I would say road yes, dogs. Yes, I think comedy. you figured, I think that, I think you figure it out quick. Um, it's a different animal because we're talking about different, um, 
places in life where you're at. You know, like I started stand up at 32. So I already had some type of concept of, hey, man, times aren't always good. Yeah. You know, so um, I I always stash away and like like I've had some wonderful opportunities. And as they say in the hip hop community, I've been able to get a couple of bags, not big bags, not not big bags, kind of like the small bags when you buy just one can of beer and they give you that one round small paper bag. I've gotten those small paper bags <laughs> from secu- the convenience. So, you, you know, to secu- put the you've secured can. the brown bags. You've secured the, the, the brown little bags. ones, the little brown little bags. bags. The, see, the that, little brown see bags. you're even approaching your career humbly by saying you've only secured the little bags. <laughs> That's insane. You, you know, but you've got so, tonight show, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. You got tonight show. You got. Did you? Were you last comic? Did you do last comic? Standing? No, I did not. No, do. you I did. did uh, bring, uh, the, bring the funny. Bring the funny, and you're on the, and you have your uh, adorable special. And yeah, then, on HBO on streaming HBO. on. Yeah. yeah, HBO. What are they called now? HBO Entre- Max. Right, and Entreno, right? Yes, yes, I have okay. that. I have, I have a few things, a few. That's why I said it's a few little, a little few bags. bags. But you got the bags, man. I managed little to get ones, the. Little. I got little bags, but I didn't get any. Um, I haven't had any of the exposure yet, like none. Yeah. So that's so that's what's. Uh, but that's fine though. I don't mind. I think. <laughs> yeah. Also, yes, because the well, for me, all the stuff like the Tonight Show and all of that, those are wonderful opportunities. Yeah. And whatnot. But the way that I approach it is like this is a commercial for the service that I provide. Yeah. So every time that I've gotten to do the Tonight Show and uh, shout out to Michael Cox, the booker of the Tonight Show and to Jimmy Fallon for. Yeah. Uh, Michael's a great guy. Michael Cox. Very nice guy. I got the producer of the Tonight Show. But also it's that whole combination of also. You know, that magic moment, does Jimmy Fallon also like you? Yeah. You know? So you end up in a situation like at the end of the book, The Alchemist, when uh, The Alchemist tells Santiago, whatever happens once will only happen once. Whatever happened twice will surely happen a third time. Mm -hmm. So uh, that I've already done The Tonight Show twice. So I'm hoping for that third time to come around. (laughs) Yeah. But I've also been... lost major contests. Like yeah, I've but, done but you were in those contests, though. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what's so. Yeah, but I've lost. I've lost. I hope I, it's enough because I wanna. I wanna tag it with like I wanna say I've lost three major, <laughs> three major bags. You know, so yeah, because that's what I, I'm looking for. That bag, man. I'm looking for laundry, laundry mat. Uh, bag money, like owning my own laundromat type deal. That's- yeah, I want mailbox money. That's what I want. Oh, mailbox, et cetera, type jump off, UPS mailbox one. That's oh, a, no, no, no. Good, <laughs> mailbox, no, et cetera, no, no, would yeah. be a good business to own. See, no, we're talking right. two things. So inside baseball, what he's talking about <laughs> is he's talking about that you create something and then you sit home and then checks just constantly come to the house those are mailbox yeah uh, mailbox productions money. you know mailbox money i'm talking about get the bag from like let's say uh, an example like uh like in um, uh, america's no bring the funny i think that bag was like 250k something like that 
-huh. like that money was going to go pay the management, pay uh, the agents, pay the taxes and look for a laundromat that I can buy, take over, you right. know? And then when you own the laundromat, then that keeps, see, when that's another thing, like my wife and I purchased our first home during this pandemic yes. and now it's completely flipped my brain with like, mm -hmm. now it's, now it's finally made sense with what people were talking about with let your money make money for you. Yes. Cause I've never understood. I'm, I'm a pretty big, I'm very, I'm a simpleton. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minimalist in life. Like I literally, uh, most people are very, I'm ambitious, but in a different way. Like, um, my ambitions are, I want to, um, get all of my stuff done. So I don't have to do anything. Like I want to work hard enough to where I don't have to do anything. Like, uh, I'm working in like during the day I'm working hard to get to the point where I don't have to do anything else for the rest of the day. You know, and other people are like, I know other people are wired differently. Like my wife is, my wife can't, even if she's gotten all of the things that she's supposed to get done, done, she can't then sit down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I just, um, I do the, I, I function from, you know, the basic needs. And me and you had this conversation yesterday, yeah. you know, uh, water, food, shelter. Those mm -hmm. three things. I want that always covered. Uh, and I also look, I don't, I don't try to like, if I don't understand something, I'm not going to go into it just because you told me to go into, I'm not going to go buy game stock, right. game, whatever. Yeah. No, you know, You're I know from family point. members, I know from family members that, uh, that a laundromat in a well-placed neighborhood and now they're almost fully automated. If you can own the property and own, own the machines, you're pretty much set for life yeah. in the sense of whatever that is, man. If after overhead and everything goes, you have $4,000 that drops into your bank account. That's your $4,000. That allows me to go to the haha -ha and do a set with a clear mind. Right. Shout out to the haha -ha comedy club in North, right to the ha -ha, North Hollywood. Uh, dude, see, I'm envious now that you have an air horn. I don't have an air horn. It's my show. I don't have an air horn. <laughs> dude, I just, uh, you have to have an air horn. Uh, damn. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the air horn. That's, okay. that's an easy get. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, okay. So the laundromat thing, but I've been noticing stuff like that. And I, I really like comedy a lot. It's just, uh, I, I, I will admit, though, this pandemic is really, um, it is making me wonder, though, like psychologically, how do we get to this point where everybody's so impatient? At, like people are impatient with a plague. This is a hundred year plague. And people are like, mm -hmm. like all I hear, all I've ever heard from anybody the whole time during this whole thing is, all right, when this is over, then we're going to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, guys, it's been almost a year. I've been, you know, I've been locked in mm -hmm. for a year. And the worst was, um, have you been on Clubhouse yet? I did it once and I got on. It was just, it was because it was like a real heavy one with like bookers and everything. 
Okay. And and I just also wanted to own my name on there. You know, I always yeah 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 I roll it. under the yeah hey Lando, and I have that across the board everywhere. Yeah, make sure you roll on. Yeah, whenever a new thing comes on, I'm usually going to get involved. So at least if it does, if it is something that's viable, I want to make sure that I have myself locked in. But uh, I got on there, and um, the first time I got on was really awkward because I got on just to check it out. So I popped into one of the comedy rooms, and I was listening. And I happened to see that a female comic that had booked me on a show like during this pandemic, like months and months ago, was in the room. And I and I, and when I saw her in there, I was like, oh, well, I'll use this opportunity to apologize to her for having to because uh, my wife told me not to do this gig with yeah, yeah, yeah. with the comedian because my wife's a nurse. So I called the called her and told her, hey, my wife isn't comfortable with me doing the gig and I apologize. I know how crazy it is setting up shows and da, 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 da. But I, I, I thought perfect. I'll apologize to her in public on clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a big deal. You know what I mean? It was like a, I think it was a $50 gig or something, which is why my wife said, don't do the gig. It's not worth the risk, you know, yeah. for coronavirus. But anyway, so I, it was my first time being on clubhouse and I, so I put my, did the wave my hand thing and I get in there and I go, uh, and I told the female comedian that, you know, Hey, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry. You know, a couple of months ago when I had to <clears throat> cancel on that gig and, but, uh, I hope everything's going good for you. And I just want to apologize. And in, instead of her taking the apology, which I wasn't trying to like force her to publicly be like, Oh, that's fine, Brett. You're cool. You've always been cool. Whatever. I like, it wasn't like a, I wasn't trying to force her to make it seem like we were cool, but, but she she took it away that I didn't think she was like, no, actually it's not cool. Like canceling gigs and stuff. And like, I didn't know what to do. Like it'd been a long time since I've been out socially anyway, or so, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to lie. It was kind of like a horrific moment for me. Cause I was like, I didn't. That's so interesting because I didn't expect her to, I did. I don't know why, but it didn't even, click into my brain that it was going to go that it could possibly go bad and i didn't know what to do and now i'm sitting and then after that i'm just sitting there listening to her and a bunch of comics talk and have a conversation about whether or not i was totally awful and unprofessional and i'm just sitting there listening i'm like why did i log in on this app you know, and then, yeah. then I, and then I just waited my turn and raised my hand and, and cause I had to say one more thing before I left. I was like, Hey, I wasn't trying to force you to forgive me, but, uh, that was a little weird that you would dunk on me, you know, when I, no, uh, no, that, I think that's 100%. You were collateral damage of whatever that booker was going through that day Yeah, or, or, you know, we're also, everybody's being taught to like stand up for their rights, mm-hmm. but that can, that can become a gray area also because it's like, sometimes it's like you were being genuine. Hey, sorry. You know? And like you said, it's just misunderstanding. She could have taken it the wrong way or she could have just had a bad day. Yeah. And there was somebody else that she didn't stand up to and you did that. So she chose you to stand up. She chose me to stand up to because I was an easier person to stand up to. Not an easier person. It's just basically at that moment, probably that person needed to to 
it was that's it after a long day and then you get on this app and you start clubhouse uh you start sharing and people are sharing their situation so yeah it could have been it it could have been it I've yeah, never had those situations. I know, but how do you maintain? You're so mellow. I like to think that I'm chill, but I know I'm not. I'm not chill. I would love to be chill. I'm. I'm I would. Yeah. Like I. Th- that's one thing I know. I'll never hear. I'll never like be walking past a group of people and hear them without you know overhear somebody going. You know, Brett Riley's so chill. I'll. Ne- I know. I'll. Ne- that's one phrase I'll never hear. I know that. Yeah. You're like super mellow. But that's I, just you. That's your character, and whoever whoever is gonna choose to be around you needs to accept that. And if yeah. they don't, they need to be mature enough to step to the side and keep it moving. That's like me, you know. I I tell people, I say people, oh man, I love everybody unconditionally. I don't like everybody. I don't like everybody, but I love everybody because I love human beings. Yeah. But I don't like everybody. And obviously, I'm. I don't love like a someone who's doing damage to us in the sense of us humankind. You know, I I yeah. have no love for you, and I won't support you. But I treat them the same way I treat someone that, um, if I have an opportunity to stand up against that person, I'm very comfortable. And the thing is that I'm so monotone from a distance; people don't even see when I'm going at somebody. Right. I, you've been in places where I'm going at people and yeah. you won't even know. You won't even know. Hey, was Orlando just arguing with someone? Nah, because that's not from a distance. You don't know who's the crazy one. You know, <laughs> I learned that from Jay-Z. Yeah. You know, from a distance, if you're shouting at each other, you can't tell who the crazy one is. So I just work from that place and I accept like if I'm going to if I'm going to come and step to you at a club, talk you not step in 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 a hip-hop term of right in an aggressive way but if i come to talk to you i have to be willing to deal with all of you yeah you get me so i'm there i talk to you and when we're done 15 10 minutes 20 minutes an hour later i take a step to the side and i keep it moving yeah. what's important is my health my wife my family the roof over my head the water running and food in the refrigerator. That's the, the basic of importance. Once we got all that covered, everything else is just icing on the cake. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that's the mellow thing. I come, I come, man, I used to have one, my stepfather, rest his soul, he passed away. This man could not talk in a normal tone. Everything he did was in a, yelling tone like a, hype, like a hyped tone it was always yeah, hype. always hi- always hype always yelling and when he was angry wasn't uh physically abusive but verbally man this man had a cursing dictionary at the same time he knew the holy bible backwards and forwards backwards and forwards could quote you could tell you what verse could tell you all the numbers and all of that but he could also curse you out in a heartbeat and like I said, God rest his soul, because I did learn some lessons from this man. But man, I just, that's like one of the things that for me is like someone yelling. So I'm like, oh, you're going to start yelling? All right. Side, step to the side. Keep it moving. Side step. Is that what you're going to do, Lando? You're going to walk away? 
Yeah, pretty much. Did, yeah. Time out. Did you get that a lot growing up? Because I got that all the time. I always got that. Uh, did you get that? Okay, because I always got this growing up. You, so you just think you're going to run from your problems? So you just think that – because I would go like this. I would go – I always told people because I grew up in small town Farmville in Kansas, mm-hmm. you know. I would always tell them there is a big world. Like when mm-hmm. I'd be dealing with bullies or I'd be dealing with adults that were talking to me in a verbally abusive way, you know, telling me I was never going to amount to anything because I had a bad attitude and all this stuff as a kid, I would tell them there's a big world out there. And I said – and I would always tell these rednecks that didn't like me where I was growing up and stuff. I would tell people from a very young age, I would be like, you guys don't like me, not because you see me as an enemy. You guys are really what annoys you guys is you guys know that I'm not lying to you when I told tell you that you're not going to be a part of my story. Yeah. You're not a part of my story. You guys, that's why, that's what really made them mad. It still makes those people mad. I still get messages from people on Facebook, especially about uh, over the last four years on politics and stuff from people from my little hometown in the Midwest going, you need to stay in your lane and just tell jokes. I'm like, Hey, you, you stay in your lane. You keep, you, you keep clocking in and out and going to that shift. You know, I'm going to do my thing, you know? Yeah. And it's just, and it's, it, good. It, it, it's good to have people like that in the world, man, because it's what it balances out. But it's, I'm, I'm glad that you were able, something in you said th- that, okay, it's a big world, but not me. That's, that's, you're meeting, uh, uh, you're meeting me now at a different stage of my life. It's like, I've always had these shifts yeah. in my life. As a as a young kid, very scared, uh-huh. very uh, self aware. As a kid, stay in your lane, be quiet, make yourself small, don't mm-hmm. call too much attention. Yeah. You know, because I was around characters, dude, family members. You know, I was around characters that you couldn't. You know, old school, old school. Like I was around people that grew up with no shoes type. They have no, no patience, no tolerance for certain actions for certain. Oh, I just, I just, I don't, I don't want to get out of bed too early. I don't want to get my day started. You know, what, what, you know, I don't want to do my homework. What? That type, very, very, no, no medium, very zero to 10, you know? I had a wonderful I have a wonderful angel in my life, which is my mother, who protected me. So did Orlando get beatings? No, I only got probably one, and that was from her, okay. and that's because I pushed it. I pushed it to the limit that day. Okay. Anyway, so growing up like that, you become self-aware. Then you go into your teens, and then there's a certain aggression to you. There's a certain vibe. There's a certain I tell a joke that when I was young, people used to see me coming and they used to cross the street. Now they see me coming and they wave at me. Hey, Orlando. Hey, Pam. How are you? Did Richard get the new water hose? Like I say that because that's true life. So I went from this guy that people would cross the street because they would feel the the vibe walking down. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and. And now they see me and they feel comfortable, but that's an evil. I evolved into that. I, you know, at 25, my frontal lobe completely. I talked to my nephews and, and nieces, like 
Yo, at 25, dude, your frontal lobe and you're going to start seeing things a little bit different because that part of your brain that really deals with consequence is going to develop and you and you start appreciating. Then I met my wife. I met my wife at 25 when I was 25 years old. So then I just fortunate man. I met mine at 26. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, from her, I got I understood expressing love. So the love that I got was, hey, man. You got a, you got food, shelter, and water. You're good. Food, shelter, and water. I love you. That's what all that means. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to express it. I'm not going to pat you in the head. When I got with my wife, it was like it became about hugging and touching, random touching, and, and Signs of hey, I love you. A lot more. Yeah, yeah. And her forcing me to say, I love you too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, <laughs> Till it became natural. And now I say I love you to everybody just because I live in that space. Mm-hmm. I live in that space now. I, I, like I said, and everything. But you can get out of pocket with me, too. I'm yeah. the, And I, I'm, I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable being out of pocket with somebody if that's where they want to be with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay. All right. But again... If I can defuse a situation, that situation on Clubhouse, I would have, I would have put a hold to everybody. I would have, everybody would have had to hear hear me that day. Yeah, I said, well, listen, I don't know which way you're receiving this, and I give you, and I'm glad that you you have the strength uh-huh. and the self confidence to stand up for yourself. You should always be like that. But I think my message was received the wrong way. I'm genuinely in front of everybody here apologizing to you apologizing to you. You know what I'm saying? I think where you would, where you kind of lost her was, Oh, maybe my wife, when you said my wife, oh, didn't that, want that, me to yeah, no, absolutely. And stuff like that. But during this time, well, that could every also single, every single booker should understand that. They say, yeah. I during don't feel Corona? comfortable. Yeah. During Corona. And that is what I did when I raised my hand and came back on. I said, Hey, I will say this. I said, uh, I kind of did what you did. But not like what you were suggesting, but not to the, uh, yeah, but I, when I got, I said, I raised my hand, I got back on and said, uh, you know, I, I did say, I said, I said, I think I was not received correctly and, but you're right now come thinking back of it, that could have been the switch. You were saying she could have had a bad day. There's tons of different factors, but that could have also been the switch too. She could have been listening to my apology. And then as soon as I deflected or diverted responsibility to my wife you know and just did some that that could have been a switch it could have been a switch for me you know what i mean if somebody bailed on something on me and flaked on me and they didn't just go man my bad i missed it uh it, but but just a little added yeah be, you know the little added yeah she could have take that as a disingenuous thing for me to be like my wife oh yeah what does yeah. your wife have to do with it yeah, yeah yeah it's like sometimes when you apologize you if you really apologize to too just much, apologize. Yeah. yeah, really apologize and never put the butt. Yeah, because the butt will never, 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 never. If you genuinely are sorry about something, there shouldn't be an excuse why you're sorry about that something. It's just like Man, I need to be honest about this whole situation. I was annoyed with myself as soon as I apologized and she didn't receive it because I was like, it's like a fifty dollar gig. That's all I was thinking in my head. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like, why did I even speak up? Damn it! Yeah, but exactly. You yeah. you were mad at yourself for even speaking up. 
yeah. and everything. I'm 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 very comfortable in those spaces. I thrive in That's those. That's good, spaces. man. I I get I give a credit, give credit to to comedian Bruce Bruce. He 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 taught me how to feel comfortable when the audience gets quiet. He taught me that. Like that's why even my 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 delivery, you see it, it's at a certain pace, you know? And you could put me in an urban room, you could put me in an uh, in uh in a weekend room, whatever you want to put me in, the pacing is still going to be the same. It's the same, which by the way, so you're so you would credit Bruce Bruce to that aspect of your yeah yeah Thre- first three years here's some here's here's the people who gave me advice the first three years okay first of all comedian Forrest Shaw Dave Williamson and John Wynn those are my aces we're Florida boys all the way three oh five till we die Dave Williamson those are and Forrest Shaw those Forrest are all Shaw. those are all really great people yeah those in, are, in, that, in the industry group yeah those are comics that when i first started in florida instead of me having to hang out with the 18 and 20 year olds at the open mic they were like oh come here man you're drinking age yeah and they were all they were already guys in locally that were already hosting featuring and they were at the clubs at the improvs so then i meet those three guys they bring me in uh i become real good friends with michael yo Michael, your first time on stage, it was kind of like also my first year on stage. It was Michael, your first time on stage. So me and Michael, you'll become friends. So I got a great foundation. Then within those three years, I meet Louis Anderson mm-hmm. that sees me and tells me, he sees me performing. He goes, hey, man, you know the premise set a punchline thing that you're trying to do? That's not you. You're a storyteller. Tell your stories. When you started talking about your brother, when you started talking about school, that's when the audience engage. You're a storyteller, which is a priceless advice in your first three years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You start figuring out who you are like around your seventh year Mm -hmm. when you're a stand-up. Seventh, eighth year. Alonso Bowden showed me how to write jokes, showed me how he writes jokes. He opened up his tablet. And show me, look, this is how I do it. So Alonzo Bowden, Bruce Bruce teaches me how to be quiet. So now, listen, I'm doing Louis Anderson audiences. I'm doing Alonzo Bowden audiences. This is as an opener, uh, as a host during this time. And I'm doing Bruce Bruce audiences, you know, which is a high-end urban crowd. Right. So you are cultivating, you are literally chipping away at cultivating a real well-rounded yeah Yeah. and then at the end uh, and then the actually the fourth one i want to say the fourth one i get uh sebastian menescalco you're my florida guy every time i come to florida you're the one that opens for me so i become sebastian's florida guy then tack on just for the culture uh paul rodriguez you're my guy. You and Forrest Shaw are the guys that work with me when I come to Florida. And so then I'm getting these gems from these guys, and that was able to. But Bruce, Bruce, 100%. Bruce, Bruce. No, hey, that's awesome. They're you... listening. They're like, they're listening. They were like, they want to Yo, listen. Bruce, I, I don't know, because I used to freak out. Because I would tell a story, and you know, you're telling your stories. There's moments where people aren't laughing. And he oh, goes, no. Silence. 
He goes, relax. They're listening. He goes, trust me. If my audience didn't like it, they would let you know. Oh, yeah. They would let you know. And then that there, that makes me comfortable. Same pattern. Because now I got to be me, my little monotone self, my little, you know, I sound like I'm a little bit slower than the average human being. I've always sounded like this. But people, it becomes endearing to people because it's like, oh, I'm understanding everything that he's saying because he has such a slow pace. But, but also it really does kind of prime the pump. It, this is, sorry, that was such a country thing to say, but. Yeah, no, 100%. But it does really, by setting that standard that you're not, that you set the rhythm, that's one thing I will say definitely that i've noticed uh about being on shows with you is doesn't matter if it's a hype crowd doesn't matter if the crowd's like it they could be on it could be a cocaine crowd it could be a whiskey crowd it could be a marijuana crowd it could be whatever but your pace you control that rhythm and when you have control of that rhythm that's a real um it primes the pump for them to receive what you have to say if you control the rhythm and you control the pace it's just this extra, it's like an extra appendage. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like having and then an extra. You try, you try to make it, man, the, the goal is make it into my living room. Make it into my favorite diner. Make the room into yeah, my, my favorite. My favorite corner booth out. at the diner is, I yeah. would definitely say when, I don't you're, care. when you're in your zone. Don't you, you would say you're basically holding court in that corner booth at the diner. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cause I would I'm say in, that. I mean, when, you, when I'm completely in flow, they, mm-hmm. so, some people refer to it as flow. Like yeah. when I'm in flow, that's what it is. I've had wonderful opportunities and I'm not just name dropping. I'm just like letting people know that I've been, that I've been blessed to have a great education with Pat and Oswald. I get to do theaters opening up for Patton. Yeah. First of all, if you think that Patton Oswalt is an alternative comic, uh, you really need to revisit all of Patton's material. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the road. And from Patton, I learn how to turn a theater mm-hmm. into, I can't turn it into a diner. Right. But I can turn it into the haha. Comedy club in North Hollywood. You yeah. get me? Yeah. And I can grab, I can, I, I, I can definitely grab a theater with, they didn't come to see me. I'm just the opener people. Right. Yeah. But they came to see Patton and there's 3000 people in this theater. Right. And I can, I can now, thanks to the skills that have been passed down to me, I can turn it into the Ha Ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood, which is one of my home clubs. Yeah. I can turn it there. So keyword home club feels like home. So I can. So we're we're in Minnesota. We're uh, we're in Michigan. We're we're touring the whole Rust Belt, me and Patton. And man, by the time of, that we were done that tour, that we were just back to back airplanes and cars, airplanes and cars, airplanes and cars. I was just, I I just looked at him and it's like, man, I could have done this for free because it's like, now I have this toolbox 
I got this. And now I can go to a live taping and do, I'll bring the funny mm-hmm. and come out and they're, where's your mark right there? And I'm like, okay. And you say, Orlando, are you nervous? Uh, no. Nah, I'm no. good. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get nervous after, after I'm done doing my job. Yeah, I'll get nervous after when I'm pacing around thinking, okay, did I do this? Why did I leave that out? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, I skipped that. Oh, how do you skip yeah, that? Yeah, that was and then I'm like, oh man, that was horrible. And they're like, that was fantastic. And I go, no, nah, man, I, I missed three tags. Oh. And then my what? wife will come, you missed three tags. You missed three tags. Yeah, she's same the thing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because she's the one that knows the she knows the math. I heard all of it. Yeah. Um well I But it's comfortable. And it's no I and I wanted to say about that, man. About once again the clubhouse thing. Just feel comfortable. And that's where what we all need to we need to feel comfortable with confrontation. Even if it's passive aggressive confrontation. Just even communication. if someone's confront Yeah, communication. I'm good. Man, I've the the one of my as a stand-up, one of my crown, one of the jewels that I think I put in my crown, let's say if I do have a crown, it's a small crown. But I see it. A little bag. Was the, my little bag. Yeah. Was was <laughs> at a certain at a club, the I got heckled. And I didn't do the normal heckling thing. I didn't come back at them like, yo, I don't go to your job and slap the fries out of your hand and tell you what to do. Like I don't I didn't it was, hey man, pause for a second. Hey man, what happened today? that made you have this outburst and then just completely pull the emergency break on the show completely yeah. stop the show. Yeah. Hey man, what made you have that spot? It's on him now. No, no, you, you're the one that you, you yelled out that thing. What happened today? Like what happened? Was there an argument between getting here in the car was it something I said? Was it at work? Let's work this out. Nah, nah, man. Go ahead. Go on. Go on with your with your little show. With your little skit. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, we could get. No, nah, dude, I've been doing this for a while. I can get back to the show. That's no problem. You'll see. You'll see. I'll get back to the show. And I look at the audience and I wink at them. The audience is like, oh, we see what you're doing. We're gonna ride with you. And I and I and I just pestered this person till. They either talked to me about what went wrong in their day or what happened that they got up and they said, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. And then he got up and And left. I go, all right, man, you're going to the restroom. All right, man. That's all you had to do. Just get up. Don't worry about it. I don't make fun of people going to the restroom and whatnot. And then turn around and pick up the bit right where I was. And the audience lost their shit. Like, oh, he was, we were already detached from the comedy and you brought us right back into the room you know like i i pushed everybody out of the room and i made it i pulled this guy to the side in front of everybody but everybody is like oh we're kind of just watching this happen now we're just this is happening is this tv is this live that's the feeling that's the feeling that a lot of audience members want Mm -hmm. and you give that to them and that's and that's there's different aspects of what um, attracts people when it comes to entertainment, uh, especially yeah. in comedy. Uh, I want to tell you that I appreciate you being open. You you basically were kind of apologetic saying I didn't mean to name drop and stuff, but the truth is, is people need to hear that um, 
comics and entertainers are are proud of of mm-hmm. of the steps that present themselves and and the truth yeah. is you should and that's cool that you said that to, to to mention that about bruce bruce and people because it does take somebody pointing out yeah. to you the it power does. and then you also gotta be like the like here's my problem my wife calls me out on it i love to help people i love i can't have i'm yo if you don't want me to spread knowledge yeah don't tell me don't tell me if you if you don't want if you don't want if you come to me and you're like, hey, Lando, um, I'm about to put some money and buy into GameStop and then I'm going to put an alert on Reddit. Well, I'll call to arms for everybody to buy GameStop and we're going to push GameStop from nine dollars to three hundred and seventy five dollars a share. OK, don't tell nobody. I'm telling you right now, just go and buy the shares. Why did you tell me that? Every struggling person that I know that has an extra hundred bucks, I'm calling them. Yeah. And I'm telling them to buy the stock at $9. Don't tell me, don't give me something that's going to benefit other people and expect me to keep it to myself. Don't do it. Right. My wife always got pissed at me early on in comedy when we first came to California because I just, I would set the gigs up. You know what I mean? Like I'd set up these gigs in the wine country and stuff. I didn't know anybody in Cal- yet in LA. And my wife would always get mad because she said that I always paid the people that I asked to go do gigs with me too much. Yeah. And I'm, and I go, I don't, I don't, I want the reputation from mm-hmm. other people. You're that guy. That I'm that guy. And my wife's That's like, beautiful. and my wife's like, but see, but the problem is, you know why? Well, yeah, you'll, you know, I'm sure you know this. My wife, though, now, but every piece of knowledge that my wife has because she's not in this world, she's, she is because she's my wife, but because she's not in this world, she like holds on to these little nuggets of information that she knows. And she doesn't, she doesn't, she's the one that reminds me and goes, hey, by the way, you know, so and so that you did all those shows with, why hasn't he had you on his shows? My wife's the one that does that. She's the one that notices that stuff. I don't. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't really. So that's much. good. You got to have someone with you that's also get, that can pick up that Pays attention. Yeah, you're seeing that that gift that 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 um support isn't doesn't go both ways. Yeah, yeah. And you got to be and you got to be comfortable with that. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I get it. You ha- yeah, and, and the. That is one thing that um, I think I was watching Ryan Davis talk about it the other day on the internet about the whole um, people saying, oh, um, I didn't like that. And he's like, that's fine if you don't like everything that I do, but what does you not liking or agreeing with me have to do with supporting me? And mm-hmm. that he said, that's what's so weird about right now is there's a lot of people that can't separate things properly. So there are people that are like, Oh, well, I don't, you know, like I've had a lot of people tell me that I've damaged my career because of my political stances, which by the way, I'm really proud because we haven't talked about politics at all today. And this might be the first uh, episode Mm -hmm. ever, but I've had people tell me that it damages me with how um, like real 
my feelings are politically and it affects me. And I explain to people that I'm not, it's not a political thing. It goes back to my, uh, it goes back to my childhood. It goes back to how I grew up. Cause I felt really hopeless. I felt really hopeless when I was in a town of 600 people and the adults and everybody that was in charge when I was a kid, it was very hopeless to have people with those beliefs in charge of my whole environment, my whole aspect of life. So therefore that's where the politics comes from. It all comes from someplace, but um, I just really, I just look at that. I, I, I just look at that once again, I love everybody and I accept you and wherever you stand, I'm good. And I know if I, you know, one of the things are, man, once you start putting bumper stickers and using certain type of flags and all of that, you, you've let me know who you are Yeah. and I love you and I wish you the best. And I hope you there. And you know what? If you break down in front of my house, I'll help you. And you need help. I'm going to help you because that's the way I'm designed. Right. You know, but you're not uh, going to agree, but you're not going to say you like I, it. Right. No, no, I'm not going to say I like it. And I'm not going to get into that conversation with you. Cause if till now there's nothing, I, all I can do is go to your town where you originally from. Yeah. Do 45 to an hour of comedy. And at the end, that's my, that's my tool. That's, that's my tool. And then at the end, hopefully someone goes, Hey man, that guy Orlando likes HGTV just like I do. I would have never thought that guy liked Joanna and Chip Gaines in Waco, Texas. I wouldn't even know that he knew where Waco, Texas are, you know? And that's all that's, that's there. And it's like, maybe. Now this person clicks on a video and because of me, he falls into a different rabbit hole Mm -hmm. because one of the, do one of the things that I do believe we are manipulated. We all are. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not that, you know, they had the experts in the social dilemma documentary talk, the guys who came up with the algorithms are the ones that told me personally, I worked, uh, one in my in my in my life, one of the jobs that I had was working for in the news business. Yeah, and in the news business, they say if it bleeds, it leads. You get me? If it bleeds, it leads, and and, and, and meaning that's what we're gonna show first. That's how we're gonna come at you first. They knew that people were figuring it out. Now everybody's trying to end. That's why. Uh, sport uh, newscasts always end with sports mm-hmm. and, and or something, you know, some puppy that learned how to walk after he lost one of his legs. You know, like that's why it ends like that. But look at the top of the show when people are really watching. It's all all the all the real bad stuff yep. that's going on. That's just the way they're designed because they're selling advertisement. So they need to keep you tuned in. It's not even for you to get that information. Is for you to stick around and watch the the uh, you're manipulating the new pale for yeah the, they're manipulating the attention pale, spans. 
The attention spans are leads. It leads. Yeah. If it leads. It leads. So that's starting with news. And then you tap that into social media, your Facebook, your Instagram and everything. And they're doing the same thing. They're selling your time. Every second that you're on there, you're worth, I don't know, like three pennies or something. Every time that you're looking at, at, at a story, because that story is going to get followed by an ad. And even if you don't buy that ad, it's worth the advertiser three, you're worth three pennies to them on that ad. Even if you don't click on it. Okay. They didn't like that ad, but maybe they like this ad for a new back scrubber, or maybe they like this ad for, you know, it's snow season. It's, it's snowing in Dallas. Maybe people, uh, they didn't have snow tires. Let's, let's start advertising snow tires. It's, uh, we're being manipulated and it's all good. And dude, it's like the loudest, the loudest dog is the one that's going to get the attention. People are loud um, there. You just pick what you stand for and you support that side as much as you can, you know, and you donate, you go, but like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a kid that's seen poverty. I grew up part of my childhood in Dominican Republic. So I know poverty mm-hmm. and, um, and, and I know, I know protests, and I know rioting, I, I, I and standing up against the government. I've seen all that. I was a, I was a child, of probably six years old, and I remember poking out my head and watching an army guy shoot a civilian guy that had a rock in his hand right in, in right front, in front of, of you. This in Dominica. Yeah, this was in Dominican Republic, and like when the you kind of like get under the beds or you just stay inside your house. Yeah. I remember I was probably like six years old. It's a very vivid memory, six or five. And I remember poking my head up and seeing that happen right in front of my house. And then the guard turning around and going back after he just finished committing murder, this murder, you know, because you're shooting out of someone at someone who is fighting with a rock. He's about to throw a rock at the guard and the guard threw, fired his weapon against him. I don't even know if that guy passed away. All I know, he fell. And then my aunt grabbed me and brought me to the ground. But I've seen how ugly it can get. And I don't think I've even seen the tip of the iceberg on how ugly it can really get because there's other stuff but we can move on. We can get better, man. We, everybody, we can all get better and we can all do better. It's just, it's just one of those things where whoever is standing on this side of take care of your neighbor, take care of your family and take care of people that you don't know with, uh, some, um, God, you gotta be aware of the people that you're going to help. You always keep them at an arm's length. Yeah, man, I'll give you a jump start. You don't get too close. Right. You kind of always keep your arms up. You talk to them like this. That way, if they come at you, you can knock their hand down. I don't know. This is audio, so they're not hearing this. Simple <laughs> techniques in life sure that I picked up. Yeah. You kind of put your hands. You, when you talk to them, you talk to them with your hands in front of your chest. That way, if they make a certain move, you could be like and knock it down. You don't have your hands in your pocket if you're dealing with a stranger. Yeah. If you're because I'm, I've, I've been known to pull over and help a guy change a tire on the yeah. side of the road. Even but you don't if want to be the guy that pull, pulls over and then and then yeah, that you can't guy make yourself a victim. And then that yeah. guy really just needed my car. And he takes my car and he keeps him moving. And right. if that's what happens, that's what happens. You know what I'm saying? 
but that's it. I think we're getting close to wrapping up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a wonderful. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I love our producer, your producer Q. I love. Uh, I believe you told me he's of Samoan descent. I, think, I had a yeah. Are you some? You're Samoan, right, Q? Polynesian. Q's me. Q's mu- muted yes, out. Yes, he is. He said yes. Yes, I had a wonderful opportunity. One of my many jobs was uh, throwing bags at, at uh, for Delta Airlines at LAX. And uh, you work in teams over there. And believe it or not, the Samoan team adopted me. And like people thought that I was Samoan. That's how come you I can say. You pull it off, right? It, well, I, my hair was even longer. And that's how come I say when I'm, when I'm uh, there. I say, when I'm on stage, they go, what type of brown is he? Is he Samoan? Is he a Patel? Does he work in the IT department? Are you a Samoan or are you a Patel? That's a- <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And nobody then I got to tell them I'm a Dominican. Questions. But yeah, they, it was great, man. Samoan people were great. I actually, I don't know if they were just gassing me up, but he had the tattoos to prove it, Q. Like I worked with like a king. Like the guy, he was a king of uh, of I don't know, whatnot, but he had of, the, probably of Tonga. He's uh, yeah, because that that's the last uh, monarchy in the Pacific, so that makes sense. Yeah, but he worked there and he had been there for many years. But he worked with shorts, and through the shorts, they were short enough where you could see because they came down to like below, like right above his knees. You could see the tattoos, and then if he would. Uh, take off a shirt or whatnot and chill, you will see it. It w- it looked like a suit, like he was wearing a suit up to like his belly button. He was doing those tattoos that you you don't do with a machine. You do it with the sticks and oh, they're just yeah. pounding. Yeah, he, that's that's old school. That's savage style. So he, he actually, not not a king, but a chief. He's a, he's a yeah. chief. because Okay, so yeah, yeah. that's yep. that's a lot. Yep. I, I, it's, uh, I, man, I know we're done recording. We should be done recording. Guys, uh, here, wait, uh, let's listen see. to my album, Adorable, streaming on, on, uh, on all platforms, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Apple Music, uh, Napster, Napster's still out there, believe it or not. Yeah. Make sure to pick up Orlando, check out Orlando special, Adorable. Um, make sure to check us out, uh, on Spotify. We're on Dash Radio. And also, uh, we got like two more minutes, so I want to tell you guys one more thing, real quick. We're all more alike than we uh, are about different. the uh, about the about the chat about the group. What is it? Group home? Group? What is it? Group home? Gr- gr- clubhouse? clubhouse. <laughs> I was like, what? Called it a group home. <laughs> Yo, I think we're gonna launch a new app. This is the new app is called Group Home. <laughs> for people that want to get drunk and not get in trouble that's the new app is group home where people get hammered online yeah 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 everyone does their everyone does their whatever their whatever it is it's actually yes it's it's actually a heroin app where people can do heroin yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the in the safety of their own home it's called group home and, and you uh, log on. And you, I'm you just gotta, here at the house. You log on. Are you uh, everyone logs on and chases the dragon together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chases yeah. the dragon, and we have an em- an emergency button, like where we could just by doing, you know, uh, shift control X, and we could send a- an emergency group 
uh, service to go, come and revive you. To go like, and oh, to, to, to to stop the overdose. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm all about it. I like it. Thank you for being on the show today. Um, guys, this is I Like Some of You. I definitely like you, Orlando. I definitely wish you all the best, man. Stay safe out there in the pandemic. And uh, hey, keep building keep building these stories, dude. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, buddy. I like you, too. Okay, later. I, I, I Like Some of You with Brett Riley, where honesty is the best policy. <laughs>